Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want to requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine weirdos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Uh-oh. Why is your mic Dr. not Steve. on? Try that again. Hey, Dr. Steve. And uh, my wife, Tacey, the uh, professional WebEx attendee. Hello. Not for the next two weeks, though, right? Nope. Excellent. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. POOHEAD. Wow. <laughs> what the I'm hell? I'm on vacation. Hail is frozen over. I'll say what everybody. I want. <laughs> I'm going to say what I want. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff. You can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking to it with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. Well, it's good to see you. I'm very interested. You know, that opening that that we've done with Bernie and Sid and then the this guy... This guy, hang on. 
Oh, wait a minute. Let's stop all that. This guy. Your show was better when you had medical questions. AIDS! The fact that that fits perfectly with the intro music. So if I... And the intro music being this. And I just happened to accidentally just hit it at the same time one day. Your show was better when you had medical questions. That's hilarious, yeah. Dude hits the post perfectly. I want to know if that guy is around, and that was probably that's been called years. in. That was back when double vasectomy years, turd was here. Yes. So, um, well, let's try this one. Let me let me let me try this one. Hang on. Can you please stop bullshitting and get to the question? That works. That's pretty darn close. That works. Pretty close. <laughs> Now, this one is six seconds long. Let's see. Hang on. God damn, this is about as boring as sex with my wife. I've got the theory. That's perfect, that's perfect too. <laughs> there you go. Let me see. I think that's it. Uh, no, okay. We got one more. Here's one more. I've got the theory. That one doesn't quite work. He was work. one tick too long. Let me see if I do it a little early. I've got the <laughs> Not works if I if I do it that way. But anyway, that's hilarious. <laughs> but we thank all of the people who have called crapping on us in the past, and um, it was very entertaining. Love it. But it just happened by accident, and it was like that's perfect. So we've retained it. And then Bernie and said that was so great being on their show, and that was actually uh, they were talking about me at the end of the interview. Mm-hmm. Because I'd given them good information mm-hmm. about the coronavirus at the very early part of the pandemic. I think that was sometime in April. And uh, <laughs> he said, well, if you, uh, you'd think this guy was some sort of a clown. And he's not wrong. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Nope. Hey, hey, don't forget to check out stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon needs. And wine.drsteve.com for uh, if you want to join the same wine club we're in. I hadn't seen too much activity with that. I'll quit promoting it if people are interested in it. But uh, we find it amazing. So if you're a wine drinker, I don't see any reason you shouldn't try it. At least try one uh, shipment just because I just, you know, I keep buying it. But I got about like 250 bucks worth of wine for $85 or something just shipped straight to, uh, we have it shipped to the Walgreens because it comes uh FedEx, we just pick it up there so we don't have to be there because I think I has to have an adult to sign for it. But check it out, wine.drsteve.com. Also, tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID for the best earbuds, earbuds, ear, ugh, earbuds for the price. Uh, use offer code FLUID to get 33% off and uh, the best customer service anywhere. And then lose weight after the holidays with us, noom.drsteve.com, N O O M. Steve. Gonna do it this time. Gonna do it. And, gonna uh, do it. I'm gonna stick well, with it. Yeah, it's awesome. I've I'm, I'm working on my second year. I, I mean, finishing my second year. And uh, you've been doing it that long. Yeah. Holy yeah, moly. Yeah. Love it. And uh, you only have to do it for three months. And after you cancel, you can still use the app. 
but you lose your counselor. But really, most of the time, you only need the counselor for the first three months. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just needy. And uh, check out Doctor <laughs> Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. You're listening to Weird Medicine. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Boxing Day to our Canadian friends. This is our lovely Christmas show, and we're still just going to talk about COVID-19. But this is going to be all medical uh, questions from you, the listeners. We've been we've got so many just build up because we've been yakking that I thought that as our holiday gift to you, we would actually answer <laughs> questions for once. So, yeah, last week was out of hand. It was a little bit out of hand, but that's okay. It's fun, um, yeah, yeah, it was I had fun. I mean, I don't know how much fun it was to listen to Can it. Can you please so, stop oh. bullshitting and get to the question? Okay, fair enough. All right, are you ready? Do it. Yes. You want to talk? Let's do, we have to talk about one thing is this mutant strain of COVID-19. Yes. Mutant coronavirus in the United Kingdom sets off alarms, but its importance remains unclear. Yeah. Yeah, so they said it's 70% more transmissible. Well, that sounds like, oh, 70% of people are going to get it. No. No. It means 70% more people will get it. So if uh, the R sub zero or R naught of the original strain of uh, SARS-CoV-2, the v- virus that causes the disease, COVID-19, is approximately 2.4. So if we take uh, that and multiply it times 1.7, that will tell us what the transmissibility is. So uh, we have our little friend uh, Echo. Echo, what is 2.4 times 1.7? Is she on? No, there she is. I think she was just taking a nap. (laughs) Echo, what is... 2.4 2.4 times 1.7. I already know the answer. I'm just trying to show off. Yeah, yeah good job. <laughs> oh, for F's sake, is she doing anything? I think she's. I think she was in hibernation. Can you, she's can, on vacation. Can you move it so that I can see the ring? Sure. So that, okay, well, she's, okay, just sitting there thinking. Um, so it's, it's four. Okay. So that means one person, instead of giving it to two and a half people, will give it to four people. So uh, now that increases the requirement for herd immunity to get up to uh, almost 70% from 56%. Okay. Uh, so if this thing, if this strain somehow took over, then we would, it would be, we'd have a little bit farther to go to get to herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Now, it only matters if the people who are already immune to the original strain are not immune to this one. Because if they're not immune to this one, it's a whole new freaking pandemic. Right. And that also means that the vaccines that we have out don't work. There's no evidence that that's the case. As a matter of fact, it makes a lot of sense that the vaccine and previous immunity will still hold even uh, with this new strain. Okay? Right. And the other way that it would matter is if it was somehow more deadly. And again, there's no evidence of that at all. Good. So if it's not more deadly and immunity is uh, the same, you know, the vaccine works against it. If mm-hmm. you had it before, it works against it. Then this isn't a big deal. 
uh, it, we'll just have to get to herd immunity a little bit quicker, and it'll take a little bit farther to get there. That's and that's if this becomes the prevalent strain. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, viruses will mutate, and when they mutate, they become less deadly. Right. You know, they'll trade transmissibility for, for lethality because right. that really, when the vaccine doesn't want to kill us, it wants us to transmit it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So if we die. Um, you know, then it can't transmit itself anymore. Not that it's thinking about anything, but if you just think about nat- the natural selection of a of a, a self replicating nano machine, if it gets into a host that can't transmit it to anybody, it didn't do it any good. Right. Okay. So we'll see. We shall see. In about a month, we'll know the answer. Good. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. Number one thing. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Uh, now, Scott, you had uh, uh, a mug in front of you that was made by a friend of yours. Yeah, a buddy, a buddy of ours from uh, Murfreesboro named Daniel. He made us some pretty cool. They are cool mugs. Here it says "Check your stupid nuts for lumps." Except that it's it's a vacuum. You know, it's one of those vacuum like a Yeti. Yeah, but it's stainless steel. Yep. Yeah, he, he's he's and got. It looks really cool. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a cool laser um, printer that it actually shaves that 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 coating off of it and, and okay. cleans it down to the uh, and that stainless steel and it's a pretty cool little. So mug. it's stainless steel under the paint and yep. then it just shaves the, he shaves the coating the off. Yep, pretty cool, That's huh? Cool as hell. Yeah, yeah man. I, I got nice. a cup with my name spelled right. That's that's yep. like the biggest <laughs> deal. Ever. That's never happened. Never. never. Yeah. I still think he should have put Tasty on it instead of Tasty. <laughs> yeah, that was her name in high school. Tasty. <laughs> so thank you, Daniel. Yeah, that's awesome. Does he want us to plug his business or anything, or does he want to sell those? No, 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 neither, neither. No, okay. that's just strictly just, a gift. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Fair so enough. So thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, by the way. All right. Um, let's see. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh-oh. Here we go. With this, oh. hey Dr. Steve, this is Mike from Buffalo. Hey Mike, I have a question about uh, calories in like food, prepackaged food. Okay. So real quick, when you're reading the label and let's say whatever it is, a jar of queso dip is 360 calories. Like I understand the candy bar, or whatever. It's usually 360 calories per serving, by the way, not per jar. Mm-hmm. So that's how they'll fool you. They'll say 100 calories per serving of salsa, but it'll be a, a one serving as a teaspoon or something right. ridiculous like that. So you have to be very vigilant about that. But anyway, let's go on. The under 60 calories, you eat the whole thing. But like a jar of queso or any dip of, of that kind or something of that ilk, do you have to like basically lick the jar clean in <laughs> order to reach that exact amount of calories? Because, like, you know, let's say you're scooping out salsa or whatever. Okay, so, like I said, there's always stuff that sticks to the jar um, or the can in some cases. Like maybe a can of refried beans. You don't get all the every single bean out. Yeah. So I'm assuming that means you have to lick the jar clean in order for all those calories to uh, be calculated. All right. Thanks, Dr. Steve. Hope yeah, you had a great Thanksgiving. Hey, thanks. You too, man. And hope you have a great other holidays that are coming up. Uh, <laughs> ca- calories. Have you ever wondered why it's the calories on these um, labels are always 
in very round numbers, like 360 or 100, right. you know that's BS. Sure. Mm-hmm. So first thing is, it's approximate. Mm-hmm. So even it's if you problem. licked the, the jar clean, and it's going to be plus or minus some percentage of what's in there, you, that doesn't guarantee you're going to get exactly 360 calories if it's 360 calories per jar, and I bet it's not. I bet it's per serving quarter cup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, calories are units that are used to measure energy. So the calories you see on food packaging are actually kilocalories. It's crazy. They're 1,000 calories. So we'll, uh, a capital C calorie, we'll, we'll notate it in medicine as KCAL or kilocalorie. That's the amount of energy needed to raise the temperature of one kilogram of water one degree Celsius, not Fahrenheit. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, um, you will uh, see energy content in food in scientific circles expressed in kilojoules. But, you know, it's always going to be calories on packaging in the United States. So uh, back in the day, what they would do is put food in a sealed container that was surrounded by water. And they called this a bomb calorimeter. And then you would burn the food. And then measure the amount, the rise in temperature in the uh, water around the calorimeter, and th- then that would you could calculate from that how many calories were in that because that's what you're really doing is when you eat food and you extract energy from it, you're burning it just at a very slow rate because it right does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's okay. Thank you. I'm just trying to get some. F- some, uh, Would you like some a little attention? just a, a head nod or mm-hmm. somebody looking, you know, in my general direction, so I know <laughs> that what I'm saying is making sense. We get where we're with the All right, but anyway, uh, that's fine. And so now they they use a different system. Uh, it's this thing called the Atwater system, and maybe somebody that's a food scientist could call in. They don't determine that any more directly by burning the foods. They they determine it by adding up the calories provided by the energy-containing nutrients. So it's more like a spreadsheet now. You mm. put in protein, carbohydrate, fat, and alcohol, and then boom, you know, and then you have to subtract the fiber and all that stuff. Mm. But so when they do that, again, it's going to be approximate, and they're, they're rounding up or down just to make it look like round numbers on there. And the, um, the FDA allows them a certain amount of leeway. Cool. Okay. So that's, that's how that works. So uh, don't worry about it. Just if you... Basically, like if you want to be on a 1,200 kilocalorie diet, then uh, if you eat foods that are marked in a way that gets you up to 1,200 kilocalories every day, it's going to be plus or minus. You'll be fine. You're in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And it's, besides, it's holidays. Enjoy it. Boy, like don't count. Don't count too much. Eat no. all that green bean casserole. Eat it all you want, baby. Well, you know my uh, <clears throat> my motto has always been everything in moderation, including everything in moderation meaning every once in a while you just got to blow it out your ass mm-hmm. i you know i think so mm-hmm. anyway, but drink with uh responsible intent huh? of course all right <laughs> hey dr steve long time listener i've been listening to you since i think new with opium damn but uh i'm carpenter 42 years old and i have two fucked up ankles one from a bad fall 23 feet and the other one from multiple other breaks uh, i broke my callus in my right foot um, I'm supposed to have surgery to replace or... I'm wondering, I mean, if you fall 23 feet, I guess you got to land on your feet and you're going to break 
bones, oh. you know, all the working all the way up into Lots your pelvis. Yeah. And and I guess you got to roll and you're still going to break bones, but it's better in landing on your head or your chest. Yeah, oh heck yeah. We so. should probably do some research on that and find out, but um, you hit, know, a 10 foot fall can kill you. Oh heck yeah. So, um please don't do that. Mm-mm. Don't try this. Don't do the experiment at home, but we could do some research. Yeah. Um fuse my ankle um in the next year or two. But the pain's getting pretty bad. And uh, I'm also in recovery for 10 years. I was an alcoholic, a little over 10 years. Um, never had a problem with pills, but uh, they scare the shit out of me. Yeah, and, uh, understood. And CBD oil. Um, I was wondering if that would help because sometimes 4-Advil just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if they make a CBD oil that doesn't get you high. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. CBD oil doesn't get you high. Nope. The, uh, CBD oil is cannabidiol, and the one that gets you high is THC, and then other analogs like tetrahydrocannabinol, cannabinol, <laughs> and uh, but cannabidiol, really, there's no high to it. Now, no. what you got to be careful of is getting knockoff CBD. Right. Because some of it has too much THC in it, and that will get you high and will have you test positive on a urine drug screen. Mm -hmm. So uh, normal run-of-the-mill CBD derived from hemp plants should have no more than like 0.3% THC in it. To be legal, to be sold as CBD. That's correct, yeah. Hey, can I add to this, too? Yes, of course. Please do. For this guy, real quickly. I I also found the answer on how to fall from a high height. Go ahead. (laughs) First, don't don't fall. First, right, prevention (laughs) is the key. (laughs) Avoid falling from high places. But but really quick, this guy, because I deal with this all the time with guys or folks that that have um, drug addictions and giving them alternative for pain medicine. So the curcumin. Turmeric yep. formula is great. It's a, it works very similarly to to an NSAID. Um, the CBD, an what is NSAID it? meaning a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug right. like Advil or yeah, have you, have you, yeah. Okay. Um, So that's that's one good alternative. The topical things, Doctor Steve, work extremely well in these instances, which is what I prefer. Yeah, um, Voltaren gel is something. It's a prescription medicine. Works extremely well. Um, uh, arnica, arnica is an old homeopathic medicine. Works extremely well, and a lot of these other these 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 newer topical creams that have capsaicin and things they work extremely well for these types of ankles. Because yeah, I can, I get these guys from orthopedics that have their ankles replaced, and and these are some of the things we do. And and one last thing about the CBD oil, um, t- when you eat it, when it's an edible or it's an oil, um, no effect. But I have heard some people say if they buy it and smoke it like a joint, that they do get a little a little buzz. Now so it's carboxylate. I've never but, heard but, of but, that. But, but, but hey, Doctor Steve, it doesn't mean they're getting stoned, but they do get a little bit of a, a, a funny feeling. So oh. the, top, the, the the that's just what I've heard. I've never smoked any CBD, hmm. um, but or hemp. But but um, those are some good options. Yeah, it says here, um, decar- mo- almost all CBD products you'll find have gone through uh, decarboxylation, decarboxylation yeah. already because um, apparently it's, uh, well, who knows. Um, I guess okay. they activate the, the phytocannabinoids. Yeah. Those are those are plant-based cannabinoids because there's endocannabinoids, too, you know, ones that are in some we have. Brain, yep. That's why we have receptors. Right. For pot right. is because our brains are already making a, a very similar uh, a similar uh, molecule. 
Um, well, now this <clears throat> this is the worst website. Oh no. Okay. Um, anyway, well, anyway, so yeah, th- there may be something to that, but I don't. I've never heard that. Yep. And I, I think that the stuff that you're getting is already decarboxylated anyway. So I don't think heating it's going to do anything. But you know, that could be a placebo effect. Could be too. yeah. Yep. Uh, just throwing right. it out there. Just it could be wrong. Yeah. Or they could be getting crappy CBD <laughs> that's got too much THC in it, mm-hmm. and now they're decarboxylating it. <laughs> yep. You know. From anyway. a strip mall yep. somewhere. <laughs> Pop-up store. Um, yeah. Know your supplier. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to buy it, I have uh, talked to several of the pharmacists around here and make sure that they know where it's coming from and that they've seen the data on it mm-hmm. and that it's, it's the right stuff. Now, as far as plummeting from a... Uh, a, a, a plane <laughs> or from 23 feet. Um, this is from a website called The Bright Side, and it says even a fall from the first floor can end up badly. Never mind one from 33,000 feet. However, Yugoslavian flight attendant Vesna Vul, uh, Vulovic managed to survive a fall from this height after her plane blew up in the air. As a result of a terrorist attack. Holy crap. Holy crap. That's a bad wow. luck. Now, I've heard that oh, a lot of these Lord. people who survive falling out of an airplane end up, um, you know, falling into a forest. And the trees mess them up, but they break their fall because the branches up at the top, of course, are not as thick as they are down low. Mm-hmm. So you sort of fall through and each successive stronger set of branches slows you just slows you down now you don't want to have your legs spread wide open while you're doing that that no. would not be good no so that's uh they talk about that cannonball cannonball well i don't, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea either no, no. you want to have your legs together <laughs> and pointed toward the ground so uh, if you fall out of a window try to cling on anything you can find it'll break your fall in a few intervals and decrease your speed a bit if there's canopy in your way, be it plastic or glass, it will help you stop your fall. Yikes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it says it might sound like a cruel joke, but try to relax your muscles while you're following, falling. Don't tense them up. Drunk people and little kids are those who survive a fall most often. And that's true. We've seen that. You right. know, these drunks will fall out of a window and they are, you know, they walk away sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um uh, bend your knees, but not too much, and hold your legs together. This way, both of your legs will touch the ground simultaneously, and the impact will be weaker. Additionally, try to land on the tips of your toes to absorb the force of the impact. You'll most likely break your legs, but this is the lesser of two evils. Don't do the following. Don't land on straight legs. Yeah, I can. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Just, it, yeah. It would, <laughs> Yeah, and don't spread them apart, yes, and don't land on one leg thinking you'll save the other this way. (laughs) That just sounds horrible. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know that you can have the correct mindset, though, when you're falling. No, I know, I know, that's right. Now, it says if you fall from an airplane... It will take you three to six minutes to fall from a height of 33,000 feet. Holy cow, can feet. you imagine? It take me that long. <laughs> the fall itself will have the speed of 120 miles an hour. Unfortunately, the chances of surviving are incredibly slim, but it's still worth trying to save your life. First of all, keep in mind, people who managed to survive sat in the tail part of the plane. Well, that doesn't help me if I wasn't in the tail part and I'm falling to the ground. So if something happens to your plane, like it explodes or starts falling to pieces in the air, first you're going to hear a deafening roar. Oh, jeez, I don't want to hear all this. I don't even want to listen to this anymore. Next next question. question. I want to see if they had Ah. some. Oh, they're wanting you to ride down in your your 
chair if you can. Well, you didn't want to have a choice. <laughs> not, not at that point, though. No. Okay. Oh. Okay, listen to this guy, though. No. No. There's a guy that, um, uh, Alan McGee, in 1943, fell from his aircraft that was flying at a height of 20,000 feet and survived after crashing through the roof of a train station. If you happen to be in such a situation, remember this advice. Take the pose of a falling skydiver. Spread your legs and arms. That way you'll slow down your fall. Try to direct your flight, you know, move backward and forward. Don't land on water, even if you're a good diver, because it's just like concrete at that speed. Um, Direct your fall toward a field, plants, trees, or bushes. On the other hand, there's a chance you'll be pierced with it by a stick or a branch. The best alternative would be snow or a haystack. Okay, yeah. I see a haystack. I'm going to go for it. I'm aiming that way. I'm aiming at a haystack. Okay, listen to this. Oh, um, Lord. Why does this scare me so much? You and me both. Well, you know, I would have already had a heart attack, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> what uh, Anthony said that was really true, this was a million years ago, and I realized that he and I think alike. He said that, you know, looking over... Say, like, if you're at the Marriott Marquis on the 70th floor and you're looking over, the only thing that keeps you from jumping is your will not to do that. That's the only thing. Mm -hmm. Now, that creeped me out when I thought about it because that's exactly what I think about. It's like I I grip onto it and look over the side and it's like, God, I hope I don't, for whatever reason, decide to jump. (laughs) And it's like, why would I do that? (laughs) But that really is the only thing that keeps you from from falling to your doom is that you just don't want to do that. Oh, my God. That hotel. Right. Hey, can, can we go back to the can we go back to the tree thing canopy for two seconds? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got I got a, a, a guy that's a, a Vietnam veteran and was a pilot, mm-hmm. and um his his helicopter he was he was flying a helicopter and and they took and they got hit, and so the way he landed his his helicopter was he he was over um he flew into the forest and then laid it down on his ass end first into the trees so the trees slowed his descent yes, down and yes. the blades hit it yeah yep, yep. yeah it was pretty pretty crazy yeah 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 that makes sense that makes total, that makes a lot of sense uh there was a 17 year old juliana Co- uh, kepke managed to find her way out of the amazon jungles after falling from the height of ten thousand feet whatever i can't do this anymore i'm gonna have to next question you know what is or poop or as scary as this is driving into a lake with your car yeah well don't do that no i know yeah, but what that. if you're or or going over a bridge and the bridge is out but you don't know it yeah when i was in vermont um I, I had a four-wheel drive vehicle which you do but i was driving to the hospital on these back roads like an idiot because i thought well i can get there faster i hit a bridge and there's you know a little railing on either side and then there's river maybe 30 feet down mm-hmm. on both sides hit the bridge totally black ice start spinning oh, nothing no. i can do you know it's just black ice Ooh. no friction whatsoever i start spinning i did 360 and then i kept spinning did 720 by the time i got the finished the exact 720 i was at the end of the bridge and i just kept going <laughs> and i just said i just laughed what else could you do? Are you kidding me? I just laughed and I said, "I guess this wasn't my oh, day." Oh my god! 
Wouldn't you have loved to have like a camera? Oh and yeah. Somebody just had a video and everybody because that would have been like oh, that would have been a viral video for sure. Oh, but this was way oh. before all of that. But that was did insane. you soil your pants? No, no. It was weird. I was oddly calm. Oh, funny. Yeah. Now, if I had gone over the edge, I'm sure the adrenaline would have kicked in. But I was yeah, I was just oddly calm because there's nothing I could nothing do. Nothing you could do. No. You know, Jeez. I'm either gonna die. Or I'm not going to die. Right. There's no third thing. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's crazy. Phew. All right. That's, that's good story. How the hell did a CBD question? We end up, oh, that's because he fell out of the tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Dr. Steve. My name is Mike from New Jersey. Hey, Mike. I was just wondering, every time I get blood work done, I test positive for hep C. And then when they send it out for further or confirmation, it comes back negative or it lays dormant or something in my system. I don't understand exactly but they say I'm not positive for hep C once they send it out for confirmation. Right. Can you please, if you understand what I'm trying to say, I do. explain that a little better I absolutely me? understand it. You phrased the question perfectly. So they do this hepatitis test on him, and it's positive. Then they send it off, and it's negative, and it keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Now, why is that? Because the first test they're doing is an antibody test. The second one is looking for active infection. Mm-hmm. And he had it, and his body cleared it, and so he's got a positive antibody. And then when they send it off for confirmation to see if he has, um, you know, a reactive, uh, um, you know, viral protein, then it's negative. So you had it at one point, and uh, your body cleared it. So you don't have the infection anymore, but you'll always have the antibodies. And that's just basically it. All right? Cool. Thank you. 
Dr. Steve, just wanted to know, once someone gets the um, the vaccine, will we have to still continue to wear masks? <laughs> that is such a great question, because in a perfect world where everything worked according to logic and science, the answer would probably be no. However, there is a caveat. We don't know that the vaccine prevents infection. We think it does. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, it just makes you asymptomatic and now you become an asymptomatic carrier, then yeah, you got to mask. you got to wear the mask. So yeah. we'll find out in the next few months. They vaccinated 10 times more people in the first day or you know, the first partial week. Uh, with the, this vaccine than they did during the whole three nine months of trials. Hmm. So they got 20,000 people in the trial. I think they did 275,000 people, and it's it's probably in the millions by, by now. now right. So we're going to start seeing those real rare uh, complications, if there are any. Mm -hmm. But also we'll get to test things like this. Are, through our surveillance, are we finding people that got the vaccine that are asymptomatic, but they're shedding virus? If that's the case, then, yeah, they're going to still have to wear a mask okay. until it's over. Gotcha. Gotcha. When is this going to be over? Well, Tacey, that's an excellent question. Good so question. let me tell you something. If we can get 90% of people in this country to be immune, either through vaccine or through um, uh, through natural immunity some mm -hmm. people are naturally immune and then other that's hard to test for and then other people have had it right and that's getting harder to know because someone that had it in march might not have antibodies anymore but they're still relatively immune right so uh but if we could get 90 percent of people to be immune to this virus then remember we talked before if we get to Herd immunity, where it's, you know, that our sub T is 0.9, where 1,000 people would infect 900 people. Then 1,000 people infect 100, which would infect 10, which would infect 1. And now you're seeing a huge decrease in cases. So if we can, this thing can be over quickly if we can just get immunity up to that 90% level. And the way to do that right now is not through infections. Mm -hmm. I think we're still only at 5% of the country. Mm -hmm. Let's go to covid.stoutlabs.com. covid.stoutlabs. That's our friend Daniel Stout who's been on this show. He is a computer genius of of world-class caliber. And uh, we can get on his website and see just how many cases we have in this country. Okay, 18 million cases. And that is, uh, let's say, 18 divided by 350. We'll just say 18. Let's see if Echo can do it. Eight. Echo. Echo. Oh, you dumbass. Hello. What is wrong with her? Echo. Okay. Echo. All right. It's fine. There she is. It's too late. Oh. Just What's 18 divided by 35, by 350? Hold on. You have... Um, this, I don't want to hold this whole Point thing. Point zero five one four two. Okay, so so five percent, right? Mm -hmm. Five percent of the country. So ninety five percent of people still haven't had a case. Now that doesn't mean only five percent have been infected, but let's just say it's five times that. People just go crazy. Say five times the number of people have been infected that have been had cases. That's still only 25%. We're still 75% of people haven't even been exposed to this virus yet. 
So uh, we're not going to get it that way, so we're going to have to do it through vaccination. And there you go. There you go. And the other thing is, you'll have to wear a mask until they get us like a scarlet letter or something that says, I don't have to wear a mask because I had the vaccine. Now, that would be a way to encourage other people to get the vaccine, although there will be people who will counterfeit those, say, mm-hmm. well, I ain't going to get that vaccine, but I ain't going to wear no mask neighbor, and then they'll mm-hmm. they'll wear the scarlet letter yeah. uh, saying that they got the vaccine when they're a damn liar. Mm-hmm. You know, Tennessee's really shining as far as number of cases. We <laughs> Boy, are balls for life. Yes, we are. <laughs> well, let's just look at that. So on covid.statlabs.com, you can go to U.S. data. Well, yikes. We're way and, up there, baby. Well, um, way up. We are not up as okay. So, this is total cases. Um, Tennessee five hundred thirty-four thousand, Florida one point two million. But you got to do it by um, population because you know Florida's got a bigger population than we do. Let's do cases, cases per, per hundred thousand. Yes. There we go. There you go. Now cases per hundred thousand. Now we shine. 7,000 cases per 100,000, New Jersey, uh, 5,000, Florida, 55, and New York, 44. Now, though, let's look at deaths per 100,000. And I'm just using these four states. Um, Interest, uh, New Jersey, number one at 205. Mm -hmm. Uh, New York, 188. Per 100,000. And then uh, Florida, 94. And Tennessee, 90. So we have more cases per 100,000, but we've got vastly fewer deaths. It's half. Half the number of deaths per per population than New New York and New Jersey do. Okay. So uh, check out this website if you really want to play with some numbers and and look at some things it's uh, very interesting he's done an amazing job and just looking at the curve of total cases in the united states over the last 300 days is quite outstanding because mm-hmm. you see that first the first little bit and then you see the first wave and then it comes down a little bit and then you see this second giant wave, which I really call the third wave because I think the the first segment was really the first wave. But anyway, we could argue that all day. All right. Hey, Dr. Russ from Ohio. Hey, this um, RNA COVID vaccine, does this stop medical from doing something like this with cancer? You know, making the body recognize it as a foreign body and it give yourself a bill great i'm gonna give him one of those good we've talked about that before he's absolutely right cancer is a failure of the immune system to properly surveil its surroundings and um we haven't talked about this in a while one of the analogies I'll use is you've got a serial killer living in your neighborhood, and every day you drive by this guy, and he's out there pruning his roses and mowing his lawn. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Clean the south of the street. And then you don't the the villagers don't come with the pitchforks and the torches until one of the people that's in the basement escapes and says, "Hey, this guy's got a dungeon of horrors in there." And then we go and burn the house down, right? So the same thing is. Uh, the case in 
the uh, situation where you have cancer and the immune system is just going right by the yep. all these white blood cells that are supposed to be surveilling or doing surveillance on the body are, are missing it. Mm-hmm. And the cancer is fitting in to the society inside the body well enough that the immune system just doesn't notice it. Right. And it isn't it's until we use special techniques to try to open up those tumors to the immune system so that they can see it as foreign. Mm-hmm. And so one way to do that is to uh, take out some tumor <clears throat> cells and process process them in the lab, take out white blood cells from the patient and have them uh, be exposed to each other. When you start seeing the white cells start to attack the cancer cells after you've manipulated them with whatever manipulation you do, then you inject them back in, they start to divide, and then they say, oh, wait a minute, that tissue over there isn't right, Mm -hmm. and then they go in and take it out. Cell by cell, molecule by molecule, they can do a perfect job if they are just made aware of it. So if you go to drsteve.com and click on, on the upper right-hand corner, non-pseudoscience cancer cures, there's places uh, or articles in there that I've culled from the literature, just a few of them, just so that you could see where exactly this is being done. There's another thing called the abscopal effect. And the abscopal effect generally seen in people with melanoma. And let's say you've got uh, melanoma, um, you know, metastatic tumor in your hip, mm-hmm. and you irradiate it. And then three weeks later, the patient comes back, all their melanoma is gone everywhere in their body. And what happened? Well, when they irradiated the hip, that tumor started to break down, and now the immune system could see the proteins in a different configuration in a different way, and now they could recognize that this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And it's the, just as if the victim comes running out, oh, they, they're holding us in the, in the basement. Right. And, uh, and, and then the white blood cells become the villagers with the pitchforks and the, and the torches and, and just tear down the house. Still incredible. Yep. Just incredible. So we're, the age of chemotherapy is coming to an end. And there will be a time when, just like Scotty in Star Trek VI, no, not Scotty. Bones in Star Trek Six was that the one where Chekhov fell? Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Which no, it was oh, it was the it was the voyage home. It was it was uh, it was number four, the whale one, where they went back in time. I mean, there's been more than one. Yeah, and then shut up, <laughs> you're an ass. And then Chekhov fell, and he had an an uh, uh, you know a subarachnoid bleed, and they were going to take him to the hospital. And Bones was like, "No, no, no, you primitive assholes!" And he held the little that thing over his head, and it just repaired it. Uh, that's the way we're going to look back at chemotherapy in not mm-hmm. too many years. I used to say a hundred years, then fifty, then twenty-five. They're actually marketing some of these some of these therapies right now. Mm-hmm. Good. That's incredible. That is crazy. All right. Non-pseudoscience cancer cures. Check it out, drsteve.com. Uh-oh. Oh. He had an employee yesterday fiddling with his hand. That's Stacy. Stacy Deloach, everybody. Yep. Hello. How you doing there, Stace? Hey, this is kind of, uh, I don't know how you want to class this. He had an employee yesterday fiddling with his hand, and it looked like it was just a infected hair follicle. He squeezed on it real hard, and when it shot pus out of it, it got in his eyes. <laughs> mm, cool. that hard. So grabbed him, 
got a bottle of saline out of my go bag and washed his eyes out and everything. What else do we have to worry about mm. other than pus getting in your eyes? You know what it is from your own body. Just yeah. curious. Bye, yeah. Tasty. <laughs> Boy. So I, one time, I've told this story before, but it's a good place to do it, was opening up a lesion on someone's on someone's back and it was a big dome-like lesion it was really tense and i said this one's probably gonna there's gonna be a lot of fluid in there you can tell and uh, i was not properly protected i thought i was um but i I just thought if i just put the number 11 um scalpel in there that the number 11 scalpel is one that you in you know that you incise with it's uh like a triangle shape Mm -hmm. And if I just put the edge in, it would be no problem. Well, that's what I did. And it was under such pressure that at least a half a cup of pus came spewing out, covered up my glasses. Thank God I had my glasses on. But when something surprises you like that, what do you do? You go, ah. And, of course, with your mouth wide open, Mm -hmm. you get a mouthful of pus. So... (laughs) Gross. Yep. It's still better than falling out of a plane. Yeah, better, it is better. Much better than better. falling out of a plane. And yeah. there were no untoward effects other than the fact that it made me kind of sick to my stomach. <laughs> and uh, But I didn't get sick from it. Most Good. of those kind of uh, boils or um, carbuncles or furuncles that are under pressure like that, uh, most of the bacteria in there are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the pus comes from not only bacteria multiplying, but the body recruiting white blood cells. Mm-hmm. And, and some oil and stuff in there too, probably. Yeah, yeah, and oil, just yeah, yeah and just, <clears throat> just broken down of, fat, yep. and it's just disgusting. A mess of yuck. But uh, most of the time, the bacteria in there will be dead, uh, and you can culture stuff out of there sometimes. But a lot of times, I've cultured abscesses, and they were just sterile, just mm-hmm. sterile abscess. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case in this guy's case, then the only thing he has to worry about is just the sort of direct um, irritation from the pus. If a day later he's got red. Uh, the whites of his eyes have turned bright red. Well, now he's got a bacterial infection in his eye. Uh, he's going to need some antibiotics for mm-hmm. that. All right. I thought Stacy was going to say he sucked the pus out of the guy's hand to save his life or yeah. something cool, but no. Yeah. No, that's that old joke where, you know, the guy gets snake bit on the end of his penis and, <laughs> and the only way you could save his life is to suck the suck the poison out and the guy says dude you're just gonna die so. <laughs> All right. uh, i think i may have asked you this question before but if when your blood's in your body is it red i've heard a theory where not saying it's blue but you look at your veins and they're blue and i don't know if red mixes with the color of your vein and makes it look blue but is that something where oxygen hits it and it turns red? Uh, kind of. Um, oxygenated blood is brighter red than non-oxygenated blood, but they're both red. Mm-hmm. And if you look at them, you can really tell the difference. Like if you draw, make a mistake and draw blood from an artery, it is a really bright, bright scarlet color, like Tacey's uh, iPad. Mm-hmm. And if you draw it properly from a vein, it's very, very dark. And it in a dim room, it would look black. Mm-hmm. So uh, now just exposing that to oxygen will not create uh, a bright red blood. 
It has to be done cell by cell, and the only way that our body is able to do that is by passing blood through the capillaries of the uh, lungs, where oxygen is then transmitted from the outside of the body to the inside of the body, and that makes that real bright red blood mm-hmm. uh, as oxygen attaches to hemoglobin. And uh, the, there's all these interesting dynamics, physical dynamics that have to do with how oxygen is absor- absorbed onto um, hemoglobin and how it's released. And that's uh, it's beyond the scope of this discussion, but it is fascinating. Right. But uh, the reason your veins kind of look blue, and they don't, it's not really blue, but it's just the the way that uh, the skin and the um, uh, the vein reflects light because you're passing light, white light, through the skin, bouncing off the vein, and then coming back through the skin again, and it strips off some of the red wavelengths and what's left is just sort of blue bluish looking yeah yeah. so it looks bluish looking anyway all right good question though yeah it's awesome question Mm -hmm. love stuff like that um i go to a pain management doctor and uh i was told that uh like if uh, you were to put like hemp oil or if you were to use hemp oil it would actually register as uh, using marijuana. Yeah, we answered this. Let's see if he's got a um, – this question is a little longer than this. Let's see if he's got a little more to it. But I was also wanting to find out also alcohol, like if you were to – Okay, let's answer the CBD thing. Yes, it, what a lot of the pain clinics will say is if you can do CBD – but if you test positive for THC, you're gone. They're gonna they're gonna discharge you, and then you're left with nothing. Mm-hmm. And a lot in this in 2020, when you have um, the kind of issues that we have, and doctors have been blamed for this opioid crisis, and we obviously, particularly in the 80s, bear some culpability in this. But a lot of doctors say, "Well, then I'm just not gonna write them anymore." Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and not just doctors, but all providers, nurse practitioners, and PAs, too. And uh, so in a situation like that, if you lose your pain management physician, nobody else can write anything. No. You're or your pain management provider. It's going to be very difficult to find somebody else to start over with you again because the second they find out you were discharged for cause, that's it. Right. So follow the rules. And if there's any chance that you could get the boot because you went – because they don't care. Hey, I bought it from this place, and it was fly-by-night. It said CBD, but it had too much THC in it. Uh, they don't care. No, even if it's a reputable – even if it's yeah. a pharmaceutical-grade CBD oil, they, they still can, if they choose to, discharge you from their practice. Right. Well, if they find if out they, about it. But I'm saying right. if they – you're more likely to test positive. For THC from right. fly-by-night CBD than you are from the real stuff that has 0.3%. Yeah. But it yep. really depends on how sensitive right. the assay is yep. because there's some really sensitive assays out there. Yep. But I don't think anybody doing routine drug screening can detect the THC that's in CBD. But that doesn't mean you're you're cool no. because you don't know. Right. Unless, you do, unless you do the assay yourself, you put it in a GC mass spec. And see that the that the THC level is low enough to be below uh, detection. You you could be hosed. Yeah, those people, and you know, because we deal with that every day too. People are scared to death 
of taking CBD oil, which may which may benefit them, yeah. but they're scared to death because it's like if there's only one group of people that will help them with their yeah. medications. The, the pain clinics need no. to ease up on this some, in my opinion. That was no, what I, I was going to ask. 100%. So yeah. if with with marijuana being awesome, more accepted, <laughs> <laughs> with it being more accepted <laughs> and and legal in certain states, yep. I mean, are are many people less loosening up on it my rule is you know i work at the cancer center and i my personal belief is that thc should be legal and it is legal in pharmaceutical form as long as it's uh as long as it's synthetic there is a a drug called dronabinol it's basically lab derived thc what isn't legal in our state is thc derived from plants Mm -hmm. you know extracted extracted from plants but I believe it should be available, particularly for cancer patients yes. and why and hospice patients. Why would we yes. pro- deprive them of anything that might help them? Right. And the data is overwhelming that it's helpful right. for a lot of people. So uh, I, I think if the if the pain clinics want to be in control of this, then they should sell their own CBD and then give people a right. pass if they have a very low level of THC in their urine. Now they they could tell them. If it's above a certain level, I'm going to know you're doing something naughty. Naughty. But, Dr. Steve, don't you think, and you, you can speak to this, and I I'm, think. I'm probably going to answer yes to and, this. But, but, you know, <laughs> don't you just think as, as a pain medicine prescriber, mm-hmm. if you had the option to give someone CBD or even you know, a little bit instead of instead of, of fen- a fentanyl patch, you know what I mean? Or in addition to even. Or, or even, in, you know, make that other stuff work better. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's. To me, it's a no-brainer. Yep. I, I, me too. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. It's so much. I mean, it would be so I don't much, get it. For the um, providers, it would make their life so much easier. And the pain management people, they could say, look, they would we, don't so want you doing, we don't want you doing CBD out on the street. Here's the brand right. that we have vetted, yep. and you have to buy it from us. If yep. you buy it from us, then we'll give you a pass if you have a low-level THC. Uh, they'll make money. The patients will be happier. Yep. And don't rip people off. I mean, no. sell it to no, them no. at a reasonable. And there's pharmaceutical grade uh, of course, CBD everywhere. Of course, it's there good is. stuff. So I mean, it's it's just it's just lack of, I guess maybe education, maybe to the providers or, or the, not not even the providers. I wouldn't say. I would say the the, the it's the government. political. Yeah, to the me, government. it's political. That yeah. people, well, That's marijuana's bad. bad. It's just bad. Well, and, and CBD's the same damn thing. Yeah. All right. Damn hemp. Hemp uh, plants. Anyway, okay. right. let's see. Next question. But, uh, you know, your your hand uh, or hand sanitizer, if you would use that with that register. No. Uh, also with alcohol. No, but you know what will? If you're diabetic and uh, you have a little uh, distension of your bladder, a little what we call neurogenic bladder, it doesn't even always have to be that. But if you're diabetic and you have a lot of sugar in your urine, you can ferment it. And people will have alcohol show up mm-hmm. on their urine drug screen that have never touched a drop in their life. Or could even be actually intoxicated. I don't know about that. Did, uh, we, there, did we have a call? I mean, there is that auto-intoxication syndrome. That's in the bowel. Years ago. That's not from the bladder. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had it a long time ago. Yep. So sure. you can be peeing out, you know, a, basically a homebrew. It's tasty though, taste. Mm. Um kind of afraid to use it. I don't want Okay, anyway, yeah, and so you're okay on that one. Uh just don't drink in here. Hey, what's going on, Doctor Steve? Uh Casey. Uh Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. 
doing pretty well. Oh, Thank you. oh I missed it. We missed it. Okay, wait a minute. I get it. Okay, uh, I get it. Ugh. It's the holidays. You slipped right through, did yeah, you? Yeah, slipped right through what he was going for. Okay, here we go. Let's now well, let's start over. Hey, what's going on, Doctor Steve? Hey, man. Uh, Casey. Yeah. How you uh, doing? You doing all right? I'm doing pretty well. Good. Pretty well, Good. Thanks, Thank man. You. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad. So what you got? Uh, <laughs> about keto diet and gout. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm guessing from eating, you know, the high proteins and also eating, you know, the low carbs and, you know, such carbs, the green carbs and asparagus and other other types of green vegetables. Um, can that cause gout? If so, what could I add in to keep that from happening? All right, Scott, you're the gout expert in this Lord. Place. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I would identify anything high in purine. So um, asparagus is going to be off the the table, you know, shrimp and things like that. But there, he can eat other things <coughs> that do not uh, cause gout flares. Um, again, avoiding eggplants, avoiding red meat. And certainly, unfortunately, I think beer is probably a culprit in this too but he shouldn't be having if he's in true keto diet he shouldn't be having beer anyway so yeah true yeah just lay off lay off the asparagus lay off the things that say high in high in purines yeah so do you and think you'll, the, you'll the okay. labels say high in purines no he's gonna have to do his own work there you go. like it's shrimp <clears throat> um asparagus um some of these other things are high in purines. just don't eat them yeah just don't eat them trust me it makes a big difference yeah so for people who don't know gout is this really painful form of arthritis that happens when you get uric acid in the blood that causes crystals to form in the joint. Painful doesn't even begin to describe it. Yeah, it's it's some of the worst pain. And it's so bad that when people have it, say, in their the the joint of their big toe, they can't even stand to have a sheet laying over it. Mm -hmm. That's how bad it is. So when you uh, break down these chemical called purines, which occur naturally in your body, but they're found in certain foods. Uh, you break it down, you make uric acid, and then uric acid is eliminated from the body and the urine. But some people get this high uric acid level. Now, you can get a high uric acid level two ways. One is you either make too much, mm-hmm. or number two, you don't pee out enough. There's right. no third way. So you're either an overproducer or an under-excreter, and most people are under-excreters. But you can treat them kind of the same way. Tace, you got any insight on, on any of that? Nope. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so one thing you want to do is um, uh, being overweight uh, increases the risk. But I've seen skinny people with gout, too. Yep. But that's that sort of gourmand's disease. You know, you think of the big, you know, big the kings, obese person. The kings, yeah, the kings and stuff yeah. having, uh, having gout yep. and stuff. Uh, but the, um, the kind of... Uh, meats that you want to avoid are organ meats, which for me isn't hard. Mm. Liver, kidneys, Kidneys, sweet breads, that kind of stuff. Now, red meat can be a problem, So just but you want to limit uh, beef, lamb, and pork, but chicken is pretty okay. Mm. And then fish is mostly okay, except for tuna, 
and sardines and anchovies, but then, as Scott said, shrimp. Shrimp. But do regular, regular fish should be okay. Yeah, white fish is fine. Salmon's fine. Should be. And uh, Scott said asparagus, the other vegetable mm-hmm. that's n- very naughty is spinach. It's disgusting. Yep. Asparagus is disgusting. It's, you know why you would say it's disgusting? Because your mother is disgusting. It's because the most she, <laughs> nastiest. It's not. It your, is. Your mother fed you canned asparagus, and for that, she should go straight to hell. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that, that, oh. No, no wonder she there thinks it tastes like a bad one. Yep. You know, I love I love asparagus, but I won't eat it. I love asparagus, but I will not eat it because it's nasty. Oh, he has gout. Yeah, I don't. You're better off without it. Anyway. I would I would love to have a plate full of like eggplant and asparagus now, and sauteed spinach. Yeah. But then uh, you'd be willing. We, well, you remember GVAC had to carry me out of here almost one day because I had to gout my ankle. Yeah. Of course, it's been a long time ago. You know, I'm looking at this place, and it says that there are studies showing that uh, vegetables vegetables high in purines like asparagus and spinach don't actually increase the risk of gout. Oh, wow. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, no, I w- I'll be happy to look that up. Yeah, look at stuff what I you love, can find That's stuff that. I love to eat. Because they're saying the meat and, and seafood does, but the high purine vegetables shouldn't be a problem. Now, alcohol is a problem. Uh, sugar is a problem. Vitamin C may help lower vitamin A, uh, vitamin, uh, sorry. Uric acid. Uric acid levels. God, it's just been a long day. And drinking coffee in moderation may be associated with a reduced risk of gout. Yes. And there is some small evidence that eating cherries is associated with reduced risk of gout. May, may I tell you some other things? Sedent- so just look up gout diet. This yep. is I'm, I'm looking at Mayo Clinic right oh, yeah. now. So. I'll say sedentary lifestyle, too. Sitting oh, yeah. around your ass and, and, and being yeah, just sedentary. Just letting blood yeah. pool yeah. in it's your terrible. extremities. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Yep. Okay. So well, there you go. Yep. So there you go. Base cake, baby. If you got the gouch, which is what they call it uh, where I come from. Ugh. If you got the gouch, then uh, you'll want to. Uh, and, and listen, if if... Dietary management doesn't do it. It doesn't for a lot of people. There's a medication that you can take. If you're an overexcreter, yes. there's a medication called probenicid that will cause you to pee out more in the beginning. That's a, if you're underexcreter. What did I say? You over, said they're overproduced. Yeah. But no, underexcreter. Underexcreter. Yeah, right. Yeah, if yeah. you're an underexcreter, uh, the probenicid will help it's you magic. pee out more. Yeah. And uh, you'll have to take a, this medication called potassium citrate for a while so that you don't form kidney stones because right. you're going to start excreting a crap load and then it precipitates out and make kidney stones. So you need to do this with a physician or a, a PA or NP who knows what they're doing. Right. Somebody's got some sense. And then the other thing is uh, allopurinol. And then what's that other new drug? Euloric. Euloric, thank you. I asked oh, Tacey, your voice has gotten so much deeper. But you have a very lovely uh, radio voice. Oh, her cigarette. You. She had a cigarette break a minute ago. Because <laughs> I asked you something and Scott answered. Sorry, Jay. Anyway, thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott and uh, to my delightful wife, Tacey, who's on vacation for two weeks. And uh, we'll be stress-free for two whole weeks. No, not with this <laughs> COVID crap. We won't. Yeah. We, I will be. At least you'll be at home. We can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft. Uh, that ghoul girl, Hogan's mom, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Chowdy1008, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Kim Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, the great Rob Bartlett, 
uh, Dandy Don Wicklin, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's Daughter, Ron Bennington and Fez Watley, who supported the show, has never gone unappreciated. What the hell is going on? I don't there? know. Goodbye, everybody. Many I'm thanks go to check. our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking. Get off your asses. Get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.